Welcome to We Are SC. Welcome into Four Downs. This is Eric McKinney, joined by Greg Katz. Greg, we are talking USC up in Eugene to take on the number six Oregon Ducks and an Oregon team that since that close Washington loss has been kind of on a roll. I mean, a couple blowouts back to back. And I think a lot of people have them pegged as as the best team, not not first place in the Pac-12, but maybe the best team right now in the Pac-12 USC Going to have its handful. Their first game without Alex Grinch, Lincoln Riley promoting linebackers coach Brian Odom, defensive line coach Sean Nua to that co-defensive coordinator position. We'll get into that in, in second down when we talk USC defense. But for first down, the USC offense, what what are you looking for? Caleb Williams and company go out on the field against this Oregon defense. Well, it's not going to be easy. I mean, they're they're only giving up 16 points a game. And as I was, uh, you know, just kind of cross-checking, a thing to keep in mind here is the Oregon offense is um, averaging 47.4 points a game, right? The Trojan defense is giving up 33.5 points a game. But the real, the real change here is the Trojan offense is 45.5 a game. Oregon is giving up 16.0. That's a huge difference. That's got, I hate to say it, that's got slaughter all over it, right? So I think what the SC has to do is I think they just have to throw caution to the wind. I think if they try to fool around with this crowd, I was here in 2011 when USC upset um, Oregon, and you get this crowd quiet, they're quiet as quiet or maybe more quiet than they are loud when they're loud. So if you can keep them off the heels, I think SC just has to say, you know what? We have nothing to lose. They really don't. I mean, no national championship. Okay. We knew that already. Uh, you know, they're got a faint heartbeat when it comes to getting into the championship game, but it's not inconceivable because I mean, look what Utah is doing and uh, you know, Washington, you know, it's possible. But it's not possible if they don't, if SC doesn't win this game, they're done. They're cooked. You know, it's like, let's get ready. Technically, technically, as crazy as it sounds, there's like tie. I think everybody has to lose or something, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, well, good luck to that. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know we're, we're not going to sugarcoat it. But my thing is, no, they have to take each quarter and play each quarter. And again, you've heard this a thousand times. Just stay close to the fourth quarter. There's a lot of pressure on Oregon. You know, they have to leapfrog Washington or say to themselves, we'll play Washington uh, in the Pac-12 title game and see if we can edge into the the finals. But I think there's a lot of pressure on Oregon. Everybody's saying like yourself, and I agree with it, that Oregon is the best team presently in the Pac-12. Forget about the early loss to Washington up in Seattle. Right now, Oregon is humming. They, and, the thing is so beautiful is that Dan Lanning, he is just throwing it in the Trojans' face, saying they're down there in L.A. working on seven-on-seven seven to say, basically, get out your powder puff and cotton balls because there's there's no toughness in this group, and we're up here slugging it out like big boys from the SEC. I hope that got back to SC. I hope it did. Uh, because if they can do anything, you can go down literally fighting uh, and forget about the score. But uh, in my opinion, I know I'm rambling here a little bit. They need to just play, just 
play. You know, it's it's kind of like in basketball. You play for that fourth quarter, anything can happen in basketball. When the when the news gets tight, we'll see. I, I mean, I think that's true. You you look at the point spread and and USC is a a deep double digit underdog in this. I I don't remember a year where you had high expectations for USC and a point spread like that in in a game this late in the year, but for me, the offense is still a, the offensive line is, is clearly far from perfection, but everything on the offense for USC is college football playoff caliber. I mean, it's, it's up there with those offenses. They're still bringing that USC has kind of turned into kind of a, a joke nationally because of that defense. But this offense is still the USC offense that I think a lot of us expected. There's some lulls and some hiccups, and and it's it's not, again, it's not perfection. But they're going to bring some firepower up to Oregon, and they're, they're going to be, I feel like as much as the defense is going to feel like this breath of fresh air and starting anew, the offense probably feels a little bit like that too because – they didn't say anything negative about the defense. They were very careful in in how they talked about what was going on on that side and giving credit to them still fighting and all of that. You had to know that the USC offense was getting so frustrated doing what they were doing and then watching what the other offense would do when it came out on the field to the defense. So I think you have that shot in the arm for the USC offense, but my key for this one, and I wrote about it uh, on Friday in, in the what to watch here. It's ball control, and I think it's I think it's in both meanings of it. You cannot turn it over. You cannot put the ball on the ground. It looks like maybe not raining during the game, which helps there. But USC's put the ball on the ground twenty times, and there's kind of mishandled snaps and that kind of stuff. But it has been on the ground a ton this year. And USC lost two fumbles last year. So this is new. This is different. This is not what we saw last year. You have to hold on to the ball in terms of turnovers. And you cannot let that Oregon offense out on the field constantly. You have to control the ball in terms of dictating pace and tempo with your offense if you're USC. And that means long sustained drives that end in touchdowns against Oregon. And and what you say that every game, right? Hold on, hold on to the ball, score touchdowns. It sounds stupid as, as kind of an idea, but those were the blinks against Washington a fumble and a sustained drive that did not result in points. And that was it. That was the difference in the game. If those two drives end differently, then that game ends differently. And so if you're setting up for another similar kind of high scoring back and forth, that's the that's the charge for the offense is to hang on to the ball. Don't let that Oregon offense dictate tempo and dictate the, the pace of this game and convert as much as you can on offense. It has to be done just exactly as you said. Yeah. Second down, let's let's flip it. Let's look at that new look question mark. I don't know <laughs> what's coming out for the USC defense. You heard from coaches all week, not all week when they could talk and players too. How much can you really get done in a week? How much can you change in terms of scheme and personnel and motivation and all of that? Well, that's the challenge, right, for them this week because you can't 
you can't do what you did against Washington. So what are you looking for your one key here when the USC defense is on the field? I don't think it's a panacea, but I will say this. There is things that they can do. And I felt in the interviews that I watched and the coaches, but specifically the players, they're working on something. Okay. And I think that something is scaling back what they do. And I think it's the basic formations that we're not going to formation ourselves into a big chunk play. We're going to say, okay, bring it on mono on mono. I don't think, I think they're going to play a heads up type of a defense. And, you know, they'll, they'll do a few things that they've done in the past, but I think, I don't think in any way, now Oregon may score 70 points. I think, I think that's what Dan Lanning would love to do. Okay. And he wouldn't be doing anything that would shock anybody, but I think that they can force uh, Oregon to earn it rather than SC lose it. In other words, Look, everybody can almost see on their TV or if you're in person where the ball is going to go. You don't even have to block. I mean, do we block grass? I mean, it's it's almost like you just go, you got to be kidding. But I think that they can. I think Odom, uh, and along with Nua, will try to not give up stuff that's wide open along the line of scrimmage. You know, I don't know if they're going to do, I don't think they're going to do a 52 defense. They're certainly not going to do a 44 defense. But they can they can make it so that you'll have to block us. You know, you're gonna have to block us. We're not gonna say, okay, uh uh Bo, take a look at the uh you know the the, the C gap or the B gap. You you're you are you really gonna run there when there's nobody there? You know, and I think what they're gonna have to say is block us. Just block us. That's that's my perspective. I I think it becomes I think it becomes two things. I think it's pre-play and I think it's post-play for me what I'm looking for. And part of it is what you're saying. There were times where the defensive line and we're talking about all four guys with the rush end and then then the three down linemen where there would be three offensive linemen between two USC defensive linemen and you just thought well, there, well, the, there it is. And I know sometimes on offense, right? If if you move, if you stem into that late, maybe they don't see it. They found it every time. If when when USC did that, opposing offenses found it every time, and it was eight yards before anybody could get there and and fill it in. So, I think it's it's pre-snap. How locked in are you? And teams. Teams do a ton of motion against USC because they've they've not been good at handling it. They've not been able to quickly get in position, communicate everything to everyone on the defense, and then have everybody on the same page when that ball gets snapped. Oregon moves a ton. They they do a ton pre-snap, post-snap, all of that. They're going to make sure that USC has figured that out. They're, they're going to do that a lot. So can USC get lined up? to where all 11 guys even know what they're doing. And then one thing that became so consistent lately for, for USC's defense in the secondary, really kind of the the whole back seven is after the play, you'd have guys not in each other's face yelling, but clearly like, what were you doing? I had this, you had this, I had, you know, like after every touchdown, there were defensive backs talking to each other, clearly not on the same page. And so those are the things that you have to limit. I mean, in in the real sense, you have to limit 
huge chunk plays, right? Bucky Irving, Jordan James, the Oregon running backs cannot break free untouched for 40, 50 yard runs. You can't have the Oregon receivers running untouched off the line and then getting deep and having coverage get busted and they're wide open. That's easy. But I think when you look at it closely, that's it. It's it's what kind of communication is happening for USC. Is it after the play, we weren't on the same page? Or before the play, we don't know what's going on? Those are the two things that that got just, just out of hand, right? When you watch defense at this level, those two things were happening way too much. Can you fix that in a week? Or at least get it to where it's manageable and not, twice on every drive where, where you're having things like that. We'll see. That's the huge question, right? Can, it's a, can, it's a big can issue. Defense. I mean, what we're going into what the, the 10th game, the 11th game and, and guys, no, you take them. No, you got them. Mm-hmm. And they keep pointing each other. Then you look at the line of scrimmage and, and, and bear Alexander's going left. No, now he's going right. Then they're pointing and Gentry's going all over the place. You know what that, that is. And then after the play, as you said, then they start going, okay, what would you have done? scale it back scale it back you know sometimes less is more and we heard right simplify keep it simple couple couple times this week the those words were said so we'll see i mean it's it's going to be that that's going to be pretty fascinating what usc's defense does and how they come out and and how much energy they have if that changed, if if that's what that change provided for them. All right, let's go to third down. And uh, third down is always provided by our friends at Prize Picks. Uh, Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports, just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the game, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. You go to prizepicks.com or download the app. And right now, enter promo code SC and prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. You pick two to six players, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Greg, we went with uh, went with running backs this week. Couple couple running backs. Um, so we've got we've got Bucky Irving, Marquise, as you as you see here. We've got Bucky Irving at more than 103.5 rushing yards. So 104 he'd have to get to. And I, you mentioned Dan Lanning and what he wants to prove. I think he wants to prove that Oregon is the most physical team, not just in this game, but in the Pac-12 and potentially the nation. That That's a real chip that he's got on his shoulder from his time at Georgia and what people have said about the flash of Oregon and and really the Pac-12 kind of for years. He wants to change that. And I think Bucky, or there, there was some noise that he didn't practice on Tuesday, but a full participant going forward after that, at least as far as what media could see. Uh, the other one I've got is another more, and that's on the other side, Marshawn Lloyd. Didn't play against Washington. Some questions as to whether he'll play, but like Riley said, barring anything unforeseen, he believes that he'll be on the field. So that's more than 0.5, and that's rushing and receiving touchdowns. So Marshawn Lloyd gets into the end zone pretty much on on anything. We get more on that one. So a couple couple running game things from either side. What do you see 
kind of ground games from from those two. Well, there's no doubt that Bucky Irvins might get a hundred yards in the first quarter because, like you said, they're going to establish it. They're going to play big boy ball, smash mouth, as we used to call it, right? And I think I, I'm really impressed with Bucky Irvins. I really am. He is really stays balanced. Uh, it, you really have to knock his pins out. You really have to wrap him uh, because you can twist him and turn him, and he just keeps moving forward, and he's explosive. So I think that uh, he could run for over 200 yards. I, I believe that, no matter what defense that they're, they're in. Uh, but uh, you got to get him before he gets started. You know, I mean, they used to say that about big backs, right? With him, you got to get him in the backfield if you can do it. I don't think they can really do it. But that should be one of the goals to do it. And I think that, um, you know, as far as Marshawn Lloyd, I think we have when you do add the receiving with the rushing, it really gets down to how much does Lincoln Riley want to throw out of the backfield and how much does he actually want to run him? You know, and you got to know that Austin Jones certainly deserves his carries. He's 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 had a really good season, uh, you know, positioned him well for the NFL to take a look at him. But I, I'm going to go with more on both of them, uh, in my opinion, uh, because they're just too good of players. And I know uh, that, like I said, Lanning is going to try to score a hundred points to make a recruiting statement. Uh, to they're they're supposed to have a tremendous, from what I understand, turnout of recruits at this game. Uh, and you know, there's just no doubt that they've out recruited SC. There's just not, that's not even debatable in the overall picture. And if Lincoln Riley, you know, is going to change that, you know, they, they can't be looking at a game like this and saying, aha, do you want to go to a school that, you know, like that, that we just creamed. So there's a lot on the line. Yeah. The, the Irving one is interesting to me. He's gone over a hundred, a few times this year, uh, Jordan James is another name. And and when you look at teams that have put up big numbers against USC, it's not always been the guy you expected. I mean, it, it hasn't always been that it wasn't it wasn't really Michael Penix at Washington. Jade Knott got them early for Cal, but then Cal threw it all over the place. And, and so for me, it's Irving, but Jordan James is an interesting guy, too, in this one. Bucky Irving averaging 6.9 yards a carry. Jordan James is averaging 7.8. They both have nine touchdowns on the ground. That's something where you could see Oregon kind of want to control things with both of those guys. And and the Oregon offensive line has been just just tremendous this year. I mean, Oregon has, Oregon has rushed for a th- more than a thousand more yards than their opponents in terms of net rushing this year. That that's what they've done on the ground and against the ground game here. So USC on both sides of the line of scrimmage really has its work cut out for itself on, on Saturday night. Let's go to fourth down your number, your statistic, the, the number that jumps out to you that you feel like may be important in this one. I think it's 45. I think that, SD's going to have to score over 45 points to win. Uh, I'm confident that Oregon, unless they have turnovers uh, and uh, things of that nature, fumbles, what have you, uh, they're going to score over 45 points. Uh, I think we have to look back on the Washington game. We have to look back on the Cal game. We got to go, wait a minute, this is the best team in the conference. 
you know, if it's going to be a shootout, uh, you you really have to say Oregon is going to be looking for it. And and, and, he, and like I said, Lanning is not going to sit there and say, oh, you know what, uh, I'm good sportsmanship. He's not. He's going for blood. He's going for the jugular, and he rem- he knows that when 2024 rolls around, Oregon is in the same Big Ten as USC, as is Washington, and everyone's looking to make that statement to you know the recruits of 2024, 25, and 26. And so there's a lot going on, and and you know how it's going to be played. But 45 is my number. It it. Because you mentioned going to the conference to the Big Ten, it's crazy how I remember when we did a, a inside the Trojans huddle when we were talking about the state of Oregon and Washington when it was announced that USC was going to the Big Ten and how much trouble those two programs were going to be in going forward, staying in that conference and not having anywhere to go. And now you fast forward to right now and the trajectory of USC compared to Washington, Oregon doesn't doesn't look so great. I mean, the, you, you've you got the offseason coming up and with Lincoln Riley and some of the players and all of that, like you're not you're not terrified for USC. But we talked about it after Washington, that head start that maybe you thought USC could have going to the Big Ten is is gone. And Saturday night feels like a another big statement that one of these programs can make. Washington's certainly going to going to revel in beating USC in the Coliseum last week and, and Oregon is going to get a shot, but USC again, bringing that offense and, and maybe some kind of look on defense. This is a, this is a big one. This is a big one here. So my, my number, and I'm going to go with two numbers um, because, you know, I, I can, nobody's going to stop me, I guess. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say zero and two. And so zero for me is turnovers and USC right now has has lost a fumble in in five straight games. I think they've fumbled like nine times in in that. So you you can't turn the ball over against Oregon. You can't turn it over. And then the two for me is sacks allowed. I think you I think you got to keep that number down. USC has allowed at least three sacks in five straight games and these are washington did not pile up sacks this year cal did not get a lot of sacks this year those are the teams that are getting to caleb williams causing the fumbles and and really kind of throwing off this offense oregon will send pressure they've gotten to the quarterback this year this is a a big time game for that offensive line because on the other side i i don't think that USC is going to touch Bo Nix. Oregon's given up four sacks all year. That offensive line is maybe not just the best in the Pac-12, maybe the best in the country, and maybe the best in the country in terms of their performance this year by by quite a ways. That offensive line in terms of run blocking, pass blocking for Oregon has been unbelievable this year. So USC's defensive line, again, is going to be up against it in this one. And I know it's a, a new defense, but we're still talking about can the USC offense be perfect? Can they, can it bring everything that it has into this one? And then you're talking what I'm talking about. No turnovers. Keep the sacks down. Keep Caleb Williams clean. Let him throw from a clean pocket and see what you can do offensively in, in this one. That feels like that feels like the, the thing that's going to give you the best shot 
to be able to put your A game, your offense out there uh, and get to 45, right? Get to 46 for you, for you to hit that number. So we will see how this one plays out. It, it's another, I mean, the second half of this season has has just been game after game after game. And, and here's another one. Uh, as USC is looking for its first win in Autzen since 2011, it's been a while. Not a ton of trips up here in that time, but a while since USC has has beaten Oregon uh, in Eugene. So we'll see how that goes. Kickoff 7.30 on Fox uh, Saturday night. For Greg Katz, this is Eric McKinney. Thanks for watching We Are SC. Thanks for watching Four Downs.